Welcome to the DNA Podcast, your go-to source for nerd knowledge in the 21st century. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and join with me tonight. It's actually been a while since you've been on, uh, Mr. David Perry. I think it's been, what, about a month? Uh, the dinosaur episode. Yeah, that was a while. Like, it aired last week. Right. But that was, we recorded that a while ago. Um, so, sir, how have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, more of the usual, uh, saving up for Galactic Star Cruiser, plotting that. How's that going? Uh, well, it was fine until they, they billed me for the <laughs> they billed me for final payment. <laughs> God, that was awful. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're 60 days, we're less than 60 days out now, so stuff is starting to pop up on the Play Disney app, and okay. and I had to, one of the co- one of the costumes I'm going to wear is my Twi'lek, so I, I took it to a convention over the weekend and yeah, gave it a test run, because um, I don't know anything about body paint or makeup, and mm. that was kind of rough. Luckily, I have friends who gave me some pointers. It could make me look pretty, but I realized I have to buy some makeup wipes, and I have to buy some paint remover, and I need to buy lip gloss and da 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 so it gets it gets expensive really quick too like it adds up yes and but i luckily i, I don't need like a full palette of, mm. to do a bunch of different crazy things i just need one specific set of crazy things to do this character so we'll see how that goes uh and I wore my metal armor for the first time for a whole day and my back and my knees are not happy about that. <laughs> um, but it was a good event. And, and the smuggler costume that I am building for, for Galactic Star Cruiser, I think is going to work out. It's not, it's very comfortable. It's easy to sit down in. It's not hot as blazes to wear around all the time. So um, I'm debating on which costumes I'm going to take uh, on Galactic Star Cruiser. So we'll now, see. Are you- are you allowed to wear makeup on the Galactic Star Cruiser? Yes, uh, you're allowed to wear a full. You can wear a full costume on the mm. Galactic Star Cruiser, uh, except for helmets or masks, which cover your entire face. Mm. Although you could put on a mask uh, just to take a picture. And one of the things we booked for the Galactic Star Cruiser was we booked the professional CSL, whatever they call it, uh, photo ex- photo session. Um, so you can put your helmet on or mask on for that because I've seen people dressed as other characters uh, and that's fine. But if you go in and you can do full body paint on Galactic Star Cruiser itself. But if you go into the park and part of your day is spent in the park, you know, because why would you go to why would that why would they take you to Batu, which is Galaxy's Edge? Why would they take you there and not give you the opportunity to give them more money? in the form of lightsabers and droid depot and mm. ogas and all that other stuff. But in the Disney park, you can only wear half face paint. Mm. Um, and uh, the, the same uh, costume rules apply there. Uh, you can't have a cape that drags on the ground. That's a safety hazard. Um, you can't have any prop either on the, in the park or on the galactic star cruise. You can't have any prop that even looks like a gun mm. um, uh, or a bomb or anything like that. Uh, lightsabers of course are okay because they're going to sell you a lightsaber mm. um but they're 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 prop poli- the, the costume and prop policy for the galactic star cruiser guests is more liberal than any other disney uh event because normally if um if you're 14 or older you can't wear a costume at all mm. in disney world uh, unless it's for a very specific event like their halloween event 
which which yeah, the, the not so scary say. party right yeah. so but but you that's a ticketed event and it's you can't be there for the whole day so there's that this whole phenomena of, called disney bounding i don't know if you've read anything about that but it's where people dress up and kind of look like a character but not quite enough that it would it ventures into that realm um it's like those knockoff ones you see on like hollywood boulevard well, it, but it's it's not even that. So, so for example, when we were at uh, when we went to uh, Galaxy's Edge, when we went to Hollywood Studios last year with my granddaughter, uh, we did the Sabi's lightsaber experience, um, and there was a, a a woman and her husband. They were there as well, and she was Disney bounding as Ahsoka, and so she had an Ahsoka dress on, and then she had face painted, again less than half of her face some of Ahsoka's tattoos on her on her head and then she was wearing a headband that looked kind of like Ahsoka's Montreals so it wasn't a costume but it was close mm. and so you'll also see some people they'll be in Galaxy's Edge and they're not a Disney costume but they're wearing boots and pants and they have a belt with a hip uh, pouch on it and then they have a vest so it's not quite a smuggler but it is kind of a smuggler yeah. excuse me so there's this whole this whole phenomenon of disney bounding and it, you know if you go on the internet you can search for it and see examples of how people people just skirt right up to that line of of not a costume but you're kind of in character yeah um, we so i get to do that for the yeah the halloween thing and mm -hmm. i'm debating whether or not i want to because i, I kind of want to because like when do you get to really dress in costume at sure. disney but on the fence I also don't want to drag around a costume because we're planning on being at Magic Kingdom that day. So unless I'm doing like a spandexy costume, it's right. it's well, I'm, I'm right. like, so so you're not you're not going back to your hotel to change and then coming back to Magic Kingdom no. for the for the Halloween no. party. Okay, so in in <laughs> you could do there there are some costumes you could do, uh, and you know in Disney in Magic Kingdom you can rent lockers. Yeah. So what oh, you yeah, might yeah, do yeah, yeah. is just take a soft parts costume, uh, just for example, a Jedi costume. Yeah, because a Jedi costume would be is very easy, it's very comfortable, uh, and it, and you can pack it into a bag. So you could just take that and you could pay whatever the locker fee is and just drop it in a locker and leave it there until six o'clock or seven, whatever whatever the time is that the party starts, and then you can get just get dressed that way. That is true. I could do um, that. You know, or your wife if she if you wanted if she wanted to go and say where. Uh, a Minnie Mouse dress, for example, um, uh, you, you could put the kids in in a in a in cost the, the twins. You could put them in, in a costume and just you know push around in a stroller and that'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, but if your son wanted to be a Jedi, that's a lightsaber or something again that you could just fit in a locker. That, that might is true. Be something to do. That is true. Yeah. No. Um, I know the the still this is the one Halloween thing that I'm letting the wife have full access to <laughs> because you know we've, we've discussed this halloween is my holiday right but i figured it's a technicality and it's disney and she wants to do like the twinsies as twinsy things sure. so i'm giving her the blessing to like yeah this is you have fun um and you know do what you want to do uh but you know we'll see how it is we're still discussing everything i i am ready to go to disney world <laughs> I, I'm stoked. Um, I've even actually, I got hooked up with a, uh, a friend that lives out in Florida. He uh -huh. sent me. Um, so I don't know if you remember this ride, but there was, it was 
quite possibly Disney World's only horror ride. The extraterrestrial adventure. Yes. A, yes. A, uh, Alien Encounter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, I have that he gave me the blueprints uh-huh. to that ride. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, that's cool. I love that ride. I th- that was one of my favorites. And it was, it's so not Disney. It was like the worst yes. idea. It was the, it was the strangest thing that Disney has ever done. Like, you know, cause it used to be, what was it? Mr. Toad's wild ride was the scary ride. It was, the, that was the scariest of the dark rides. Yeah. It's now the Winnie the Pooh ride. Uh, <laughs> but the extraterrestrial encounter, what it was, it was scary. I, the thing I didn't like about it was it, it had that harness that pressed down on your shoulders. <laughs> and and if if you're even remotely claustrophobic and i don't think of myself as claustrophobic but that was really weird and then spoiler for a ride that hasn't existed for 15 years but when it when the alien was breathing on your neck oh, oh. my god oh and that it flapped over your head or when it bit the yes. cr- when it bit the, the the maintenance man and you felt the yes. blood dripping i was like like as a kid it terrified me as an adult yes. it would probably make me still irk but Man, that was like a out yes. in left field ride yes. for Disney. Like I remember my sister and my cousin just like getting off that ride crying. Yes. So I, it it wasn't a shocker when they turned it into uh, Stitch. Yes. And then they ended up getting rid of it. But I was just like, man. Mm-hmm. He he he's like, hey man, I I know you like daily encounters. I'm like, I did, I did. Yes. He's like check this out and he's like you want this and i was like heck yeah um, that's awesome yeah so i would that was pretty cool um on my side uh so since our last recording we did the uh the two guys uh comics and collectibles expo okay uh which turned out pretty good we were able to raise uh some good money uh good. i don't have awesome. the actual number uh they were they took over of that um yeah it was it, it had a really good time uh it was 97 degrees out uh, and i was wearing the uh the latex or the silicone uh cfx mask yeah, for about 15 minutes oh uh, 15 <laughs> minutes was all i got and um to give you an idea remember when i told you like it was for halloween it's worn it for like three hours and then we stopped once i felt the sweat yeah mm-hmm. 15 minutes is the equivalency of yeah like, i can the, see that oh my god it was horrible and i'm not even gonna lie like half of that was inside because exactly. I, I went inside and did the AC and did it. And then I came out and it was just like, cool. I can't breathe. I can't. And, oh, uh, but CFX was totally stoked about it and very appreciative. Uh, they, and um, it was such an, a successful event for me or for the podcast, I should say uh, that I'm actually doing another one uh, this weekend, uh, June awesome. 11th, nineties uh, expo. Okay. Uh, for the uh, Southington Public Library does one, and I guess they get around like 800 people last year is what she was okay. saying. That's something good. like that, so not too shabby for something local. Uh, right. Doing the drive-in, so I'm going to be doing the same stuff I did there. Uh, I'm going out there supporting them. Uh, it, it was, I'm really excited. Uh, 90s is, you know, kind of when I grew up, so uh, it's my thing. I know you were probably like, what, 25 in the 90s? I graduated. I was being an ass sc- when I said that, but I, know. I graduated from high school in '91. <laughs> okay, <laughs> judgment-free, judgment-free zone. Right. Um, but I've got a. Uh, I want my MTV black mm-hmm. T-shirt. Uh, I got. The, I'm rocking the denim shorts. Um, yeah. 
the the I, 90s were when mtv really stopped playing music videos i beg to differ i used to love watching well they, they had total request live but the late 80s and early 90s when the real world first came on that's when they started their transition oh, yeah. into Absolute, into programming absolutely and then um, by the late 90s, it seemed like a lot of their music videos, a lot of the music on MTV was was gone. All right. So I'm rocking 1993. How about that? I'm okay. rocking 93. All right, that's because, fair. Yeah, that's um, okay. Yeah. So I've because I got the um, the fanny pack too. Yep. Okay. And um, uh, apparently I look decent in a, uh, a Hawaiian shirt. I don't know how I pull it off, but I look all right in it. I I, I guess I got that dad bod that's just perfect for him. So I got a 90s style Hawaiian shirt to go over and it's like taco T-Rexes or something like that. Okay. So it's, that is my 90s look and I will shave my goatee for a more Backstreet Boys style. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, see, well, you need, if you're going to do Backstreet Boys, you need to have, well, it's too late to grow your hair out, but you need to have like the frosted tips. Oh, I, I thought about that too. I maybe I'll frost my goatee. I'll just <laughs> frost that bit. Well, something. see, but that well, that's like then you're Guy Fieri. I, I I'm Guy Fieri as it is right now. <laughs> I yeah, I I even thought about growing out my hair a little bit for it, but I was like, no, I, I'm actually going to even shave this off because I, I can't I can't handle having hair. Um, but yes, no, I am super excited for that. Also, uh, for our listeners out there, uh. Ultra Sabers is now uh, they they gave us this awesome discount code for us to use uh, DNA Pod one zero, so DNA Pod ten uh, to get ten percent off of any order. That's not just for your first order. It's not for just one order. For any order you do through Ultra Sabers, that's so awesome. That's pretty dope. I was very stoked about that. Um, they want to try to come on later on in the year. This is the heavy. T- hectic time of the year for them they're doing a lot of yes. cons just uh-huh. like everybody else in the nerd culture so they but they said hey we you know we'd love to later on until then here is a discount code uh for your listeners so props out to uh you know ultra sabers for that that's really awesome of them well and, and I'll, I'll plug ultra sabers while we're talking about it i yeah. mean i have i have i have three I ultra sabers and um I have I have one with the emerald soundboard. I have one with the just the regular soundboard and regular LEDs. Uh, they're very durable. Um, oh yeah. If you want screen accurate, they're not always the best, but for a bargain dueling lightsaber, uh, they're great. Um, Case in point, I will say this: my eleven-year-old and my twin toddlers were outside my backyard over the last couple of weekends battling out there with them mm-hmm. awesome absolutely loving them yes um so they can take a beating i will absolutely vouch for them on that and they'll deliver a beating too oh, <laughs> yes they will dude my son bruised my hand from that like he he was like <laughs> hey dad can we fight with the lightsabers and they don't have a, a pommel on them whatsoever it's a lightsaber and it right. just slides down and pop. i was like yep that's smarts um speaking of my son yeah, get um, good, son. Yeah, yeah, he did good. He got me good. <laughs> let me tell you what. But so let me tell you about this kid. Um, I don't know what happens once you start hitting puberty. I'm assuming like the blood is going everywhere else and not to the brain. It's the chemical reaction. Oh, dude. All right. So my wife, God bless her. 
every weekend does the grocery shopping. I don't know if she's that's her like, you know, how dads like to mow the lawn. That is her thing to get away from just like her own sanity. But she, you know, she calls me up. She goes, hey, can you check the, uh, the refrigerator the back? Because we have two fridge. We have one in the house and one in the garage um, to make sure we have some milk out there. And I'm like, yeah, all right. And I kind of got my hands full of the twins. And I'm like, hey, little dude, can you go check outside to make sure there's, no, uh, there's milk or not out there? He goes out and he's gone for like two minutes, comes back. He's like, nah, dad, there's no milk. I'm like, you sure? He goes, yeah. Okay, cool. There's an... He goes, no, there's no milk outside. All right. So I tell her she comes home like 15 minutes later and she's like, what the heck? I bought two milks. There's a milk out in the, out in the fridge, out in the garage. And I immediately look over at my son and I go, dude, did you not look outside? And he goes, yeah, I swear my life, dad, I looked outside. And I had to think about this and I go, Ethan, where did you look for milk outside? where outside well in the front yard in front on the porch on the garage you didn't look in the fridge for milk no you told me to go look outside for milk milk that goes in the fridge and he goes why would i'm like why wouldn't you look in the fridge and he goes i don't know you said to go out in the outside looking for milk so in other words he followed your instructions he followed it to the t but I told him because I've always no. Oh, okay. So no, 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 no. Before you start defending him on this one, I have told that kid before I'm like, Hey, can you go outside and grab some milk? Yeah, I can go outside and grab the milk. Hey dude, can you go outside and check to see if there's milk? Yeah, sure. There's no milk. Same sentence, different reactions. I, I can't, I can't with the kid, man. <laughs> he's, an, he's a moron. I love him. I love him. No, uh, you, you need to give better directions. Uh, is that what it is? I, yes. I need to baby step it. Yes. Like, why yes. would you think milk in the summer is going to be on the porch? You gave him, he did exactly what you told him to do. Go out and check for milk. Yes. Look out, look outside and see if there's milk. Oh no. He physically went into the garage too. Then he did, that he did exactly what you told him. No, you can't. You can't defend that. You can't defend that. Yes, he can. Yes. No, you can't. No, and he, right? well, here's the here's the thing. Okay, so he's right. eleven, right? He's eleven, yeah, right? He is. Oh yeah, no. But when, when I was teaching high school, uh-huh. uh, we call this the chemical reaction, and it starts when they're in about sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. Eleven or twelve years old. Yeah. And it continues up until about tenth grade, fifteen, sixteen. Oh, I used shit. to teach tenth grade high school. And I taught 10th grade American history and ninth grade world history. And you could, in the 10th graders, you could see it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. They were off their rockers when school started because the hormones are raging and all this other stuff. Everything is going on in their brain. And then by the end of the year, when the chemical reaction starts to taper off, they become normal, reasonably rational human beings again, <laughs> even though they're still teenagers. It's it's just the way it is. And that's why that's why you could there is no amount of money in the world that you could pay me to teach seventh grade. Because uh, that's when it starts, uh, because in sixth grade, they're they're new to middle school. They're still kind of scared of you and they're still they're still mostly compliant. But by the end of sixth grade and into seventh grade, they're just crazy. 
And this is what you have to look forward to for the next I am not mm, looking forward. three, four years. I start my day every morning. I go, hey, Ethan. And I just look at him. I'm like, oh, are we going for sulky silence or snarky remarks? And he just like walks Why off. Why not both? <laughs> yes. I'll get both. Yes. I get mumbles. I yes. get the mumbles at the end. Yes. It's, it's, and uh-huh. what scares me more is not him because like, it goes, okay, he's one. Yes. The twins. I still have to look forward to this with two. Yeah, I know. I am. Oh no, I'm. I'm going to be taking a long sabbatical when the twins start going through puberty. Man, let me tell you what. It's. <laughs> That's why I made choices in my life yeah. to not have children. Yeah. Well, you know, I got married again, and she's like, "Hey, can we have a baby?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. What's one more?" Yeah, sucker me got two. Yeah. I love my kids. I do. Um, it's I called a bogo. This. Yeah, I got a BOGO. I, I got a BOGO and there's a snip snip <laughs> in my future. Let me tell you what, uh, that is no joke. Yep. Uh, but we didn't come here to talk about whether or not I'm getting a vasectomy. We came here to talk nerd culture stuff. <laughs> um, you did want to talk about uh, Top Gun. You did see it. I yes. have not. I have no desire to ever see it. Okay. Uh, but um, I know everything about it. So what were your thoughts on it? Before we do that, Ladies and gentlemen, this is your spoiler warning for anything about uh, Top Gun. For those of you who have the desire to see it and who haven't seen it, uh, I'm sure there's like three of you out there. So, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked Top Gun. Okay. Maverick. But it's a dumb movie. <laughs> oh, are, are we assuming the first one wasn't a dumb movie or are we counting that as well? Yep. The first one at least kind of made sense. It was about it was about Goose and Maverick having their homoerotic relationship and get, going off to the Naval Fighter Weapons School or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. And th- that's what it was. And, it was, and that's fine. Uh, it, it, it was still a dumb movie. <laughs> but, but it kind of knew what it was. And it was, they had all the cooperation in the world from the Navy because it was the, the, the Navy's biggest recruiting uh, pitch that they didn't actually have to pay for themselves because Jerry Bruckheimer paid for the whole thing. And then everybody flocked to the Navy thinking that they were going to be, you know, the next Maverick Iceman or goose. And most of them ended up cleaning toilets on frigates and destroyers. Right. I, I wasn't old enough for that. So <laughs> yes, but that's, I'll tell you what though you want to, I swear on my life, you want to see the most, accurate naval movie to ever watch and i kid you not swear on my soul this is the most accurate down periscope okay you want to know what life is like on a navy ship that is exactly it down (laughs) periscope everything's a joke right everything's a joke oh yeah everything is a joke i i i could see that 100 (laughs) percent um yeah but the but the new top gun movie is it's also it's a dumb movie and it's one of those that like a lot of movies that we've talked about goes for emotional payoffs at the expense of common sense. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the, the biggest beef and they kind of address this in the trailers is how Tom Cruise in 1986, when, or whenever it was that, that the first top gun movie comes out, he's an Oh three Lieutenant. Right. Mm. And in this movie, 30 some years later, because it was supposed to come out in 2019, but it was delayed due to COVID, right? Mm. So we'll say 33 years later, he's an 06 captain, uh, officer grade six. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. That never happens. 
If yeah, you're in the no. Navy for 33 <laughs> no, years, I can tell you right up. No, you're either an admiral. If you're an officer and you're in the Navy for 33 years, you're either an admiral or you've been retired for 20 years because you move up or you move on. Yeah, and they don't true. just let people sit around as 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 captains in a captain's billet because someone else. There's only a finite number of officer billets in the world, and it's, they're not going to let some guy sit in it for for 25 years. It just doesn't a, happen. <laughs> but it, it's Tom Cruise, and and yeah. that's okay. Uh, but the the whole gist of this movie is kind of like uh, an unnamed country, probably Iran is wants to build nuclear weapons and so they're building the secret underground centrifuge to make uranium and the only way they can blow it up is for an f-18 hornet or uh, uh, two elements two f-18 elements to make a death star trench run because if they fly too high the surface to air missiles will shoot them down and then they have to dive into a canyon and blow it up and then get out and and then they have to fight some fifth generation stealth fighters on their way out this sounds it's exactly like, like Star Wars. It is. It, it is. They stole it off Star Wars. Are you kidding yes, me? It's, 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 they have to make this trench run. And the trench run in Star Wars is equally stupid. Oh, right? yeah. Because, again, to get, to get me started on bad tactical it, military exhaust, decisions. Uh, exhausts apparently suck in and not expel. <laughs> right. Well, and here, here's the other thing. Hey, so with this trench run, right? Yeah. You know how fast they're in star, they're in starfighters, right? So mm-hmm. now the Death the Death Star is a large is a large structure. It's the size of a moon. So mm-hmm. it's you know, it's not just like you know, not just a small mm-hmm. space station or anything like that. So you have there the Rebel Alliance has decided to go into this trench, a straight trench, and run up the trench for hundreds of kilometers at a very high rate of speed. And in the meantime, that trench is a shooting gallery. For all the turrets in the trench and then darth vader comes along and blows everybody up why are you making a trench run when you can just enter the trench at the end where the exhaust port is and bomb it and then get the hell out i just found this out speaking of that apparently the trench run is not in the big trenchy obvious area that you would think it is it's actually in the the concave disc there's a trench around it Apparently, it was, it was called the Meridian Trench, and it, it ran. It ran one of the Merid- one of the meridians on the Death Star. It Go was figure. so it wasn't the big one that you obviously see. No, it wasn't circular; it was straight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought somebody was telling me it was actually in where the the. Hold on, I can't even reach it. All right, so you know where like it shoots out the laser, right? The satellite dish. Uh-huh. Apparently, there's a trench that goes around the satellite, and that's where it's supposed to actually be. Uh, I didn't think so. I don't think so. But that's, if, that's if you have if you have other information, and yeah. know, but it, it it wasn't it wasn't around the satellite dish where the super laser was because that's a circle and the trench is I, I know the trench know. was straight. Yeah. But anyway, so the mission in Top Gun is Maverick, Tom Cruise mm-hmm. has three weeks to train this elite cadre of fighter pilots to make this trench run, and they never it would never happen this way, right? Because if they were going to blow this thing up. They wouldn't do it with four F-18s from an aircraft carrier. They'd do it with like a really big bomb that they could drop from a ways off or hit it with a cruise missile. There are a lot of things in this movie that if the more you think about it, it's kind of dumb. But for example, the reason why they're having to make this trench run, not trench, it's it's through caverns and mountains and all this, you know, valleys and mountains and all this other stuff below the right, because they have these surface to air missile sites all over the place, which will shoot down anybody approaching the, the, the MacGuffin. Okay, so before that, 
a ship offshore is going to launch a series of cruise missiles to disable the airfield where like these fifth generation stealth fighters are are going to mass if you have enough cruise missiles to blow up the airfield you have enough cruise missiles to take out every sam site that you can see from orbit from your you know your satellites so that's kind of dumb and then it's like okay we're going to send in these four planes of two two elements of two planes each we're going to send in four planes with no other fighter cover again it's kind of stupid but like i said they went for emotional payoff because tom cruise has to reconcile a bunch of stuff. maverick has to reconcile the stuff now they did have um val kilmer came back as Iceman, yeah and and of course he's he's a commander-in-chief of the pacific fleet at the time and he's been he's been maverick sea daddy and every time maverick screws up uh uh Iceman comes along and and saves him you know because he's now a four-star admiral and can pull some strings to stop somebody else from drumming him out of the service um but but the the scene with Iceman was done very well mm. uh and i don't you know, i don't know if you know this uh but a few years ago val kilmer was diagnosed with throat cancer and oh, he's basic yeah he he's had a he had to have a tracheostomy and he basically can't talk or if he can talk it's 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 in a very low raspy voice or with a with a voice box um but he's now cancer free but he you know that's really that's stopped his acting career and so it was really good to see uh val kilmer on the screen and supposedly speaking of val kilmer supposedly they're going to work him into the willow show that's um i think it's going to be on apple tv so is, so that's willow gonna be on apple tv i thought it was gonna be a disney plus is it disney plus wherever it's it disney is plus yeah 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 because it's going to be a series. It was supposed to be a movie, yes. Willow 2, and they're going on Disney Plus. Yeah, that is. Yes, uh, you're right. It is uh, Disney Plus in November. So, yeah. so, but they're going to, supposedly Mad Mardigan is also going to be back for that. So it'll be good to see Val Kilmer being somehow introduced back to the story uh, that yeah, way. For him. And, and then, of course, you know, they also have this other psychological plot. You know, Kelly McGillis didn't come back, so there's a new love interest. And then... Um, and then uh, Goose's son is one of these pilots that that uh, that Maverick is is training, and of course there's the friction between between Rooster and and Maverick, and they have to they have to come to a, a piece in that. So it's a it's a fun movie, but like you know what like you're getting with, yourself into. You like you know what you're getting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. You you should absolutely know what it what it's going to be. You should know how it's going to turn out. And the the other thing I will say because I've watched some of the behind the scenes stuff, I really appreciated that they did a lot of practical effects kind of things where um, a lot of the scenes in the fighters they were actually in the back seats of F-18s. Like they had the Navy's full cooperation with this. And I'm so sure. when they're when they're turning a high G they're actually turning a high G and they're probably about to pass out. Um, whereas in like in the first, in the first top gun, you know, they had a lot of external shots that were just people flying by, but there was none of the pilot scenes. They were ever actually in an actual plane. And of mm. course, since then Tom Cruise has learned to fly and he somehow worked his own P 51 into the show. Um, but you can tell like in star Wars or Battlestar Galactica or, you know, Babylon five or any of these other shows that it's people on a sound stage. Mm. They're not actually in a fighter plane pulling a six G turn. Well, in this, they, apparently they did a lot of that. <laughs> I'll life. give them props for that. Okay. If so, you're actually able to act and do that, good for you. 
props to you. You're, right. you're doing way better than me. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do a, a, a DNA episode where I'm trying to be all spiffy and making 60 turns. No. Because um, well, well, you hear stories about when like celebrities, when they fly with the Blue Angels like or the Thunderbirds, mm. like yeah. they make it their object. They, the pilots make it their you know mission to see if they can get somebody to throw up. So. <laughs> <laughs> but but it that part i appreciated uh the story is is kind of weak the the you know the effects and all that other stuff are are good uh but did they do danger zone in it yes all right then it's it's... they had they had danger zone and they had the original top gun theme the 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 harold faltermeyer top oh my god yes with the guitar and the yeah yeah (laughs) yes because you can't have top gun without those two things no um (laughs) speaking of nostalgia though um on a, on a side note before we get into our other subject uh, i watched the new chippendale movie oh did how was that i all right I, it's not as bad as everybody says it is let me make okay. this crystal clear like people were just destroying this movie um i think it's mostly because it's uh john mulaney and andy sandberg are doing the voices for chippendale which is not what you right. expect Right. Um, and they kind of treat it like who framed Roger Rabbit style stuff. Right. Where it's it's breaking the fourth wall of sure, you know, animation. And the title is a little bit deceptive. Because you're expecting uh rescue rangers, you know, you're expecting the rescue rangers when they're actually trying to save all the actors of rescue rangers. Okay. Because of something happened, or one of the guys from Rescue Rangers. Um, there's a lot of tips and nods to uh, all sorts of other movies and shows. Uh, they kind of destroy some childhoods. Like they really just wrecked Peter Pan when they made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they kind of gave the middle finger to uh, Sonic. Like they were able to get away with putting Sonic in there, but they don't call okay. him Sonic, they call him Ugly Sonic. Okay. And oh, because that was the, the first CGI version, right? That everybody yeah, hated. like, it, but they but they gave him a more pointy. They made him look more like the Sonic the Hedgehog character, the game okay. character. So it was, it was interesting. I won't say it's like my go-to movie, but I, you know, for free. All right, whatever. It's it. It's the twins free. loved it. Um, so, but yeah, well, see, because I've I've heard good things about it. Yeah. A lot of a lot of my friends liked it. I, I, I didn't like seth rogan in it okay and i was like yeah like he did some funny stuff so he just eh, it was meh all right um well see i, I don't have any attachment to chippendale rescue rangers yeah. I, that that, that, that was that, after... no, but that was like that was definitely my childhood like rescue right. rangers and uh like darkwing duck right those were saturday saturday night morning cartoons yeah, yeah. no um, well so, darkwing so yeah let's get dangerous yes. so let me ask so it, it was it self-aware like the muppet haunted mansion movie because i really enjoyed the muppet haunted mansion movie i mean it was <laughs> for 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 a for a movie about a ride i i thought it was really funny part of it because because it was the muppets but also i mean they they knew when when to be self-aware and when not to be so yeah um think of it as like Everybody knows it's a job that they do, and they know that the show is a show. Like Rescue Rangers was a show, and right. like the reason it stopped, they stopped doing the show is because like one of the uh, because uh, 
Chip, I think one of them got a, or no, it was Dale. I think it was regardless. One of them got a, was trying to do a job basically where they were James Bond and everything. And it, that crashed and it crashed the rescue Rangers. And so they all kind of like separated, went their own ways. And it's now they're trying to get the band back together uh, and save one of the guys from uh, basically like knockoffs. Like they kidnap cartoon characters and turn them into knockoff characters. And okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's watchable, not nearly as bad as everybody made it out to be. Um, So, but like I said, me. It was for me, but we did not come here to talk about Chippendale. We did not come here to talk about uh, anything else that goes in my idiotic life. Um, and we are now joined by the wonderful, the amazing, the adorable Miss Lacey, who decided to grace us with her presence, uh, which is, you know, it's all my fault mostly because I kind of had to do this last minute. But Lacey, hello. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Uh, you missed our tangents and me talking about getting a vasectomy. So that's nice. Uh, <laughs> I think that sums it up, right? Top Gun, Chippendale, vasectomy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, not, not necessarily in that order. Yeah, that is true. Um, <laughs> we are talking about uh, Obi-Wan, the the show that is has come out. Um not bad. I we, we have three episodes out now. What I, I, I'm enjoying the show. What I'm finding hard, and it's 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 like this. It was like this with Han Solo, and I think David, you're gonna be on the same boat. I don't know, Lacey you might. Uh it's you already know what happens to some extent. What happens to you know, he stays on Tatooine. You know, he's there to protect and watch over uh Luke. I think they're doing some clever stuff by like, oh, what happened to Leia and, you know, rescuing Leia and doing some a little bit of fillers. But it's you, you know, by watching these episodes, what's going to happen. Um, but I, I overall, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, I, I disagree with that because okay. you don't know you don't know what's going to happen, but you know that there are no stakes for certain characters. This is true. Right. Yes. And, and what I will tell you, the, the thing that I have really enjoyed about this, that the I, I, I think the bait and switch from the way it was marketed to now, you know, because in the in the first trailer, it shows Obi-Wan, he's what he he's watching Luke from a distance. And so you kind of were led to believe that Luke was going to be the linchpin of this. But then it turns mm. out it's not. Oh, it's yeah. Leia. Oh, and the girl they got to play Leia is fantastic. She's a firecracker. But yeah. but, but the, the bait and switch of that is great but like you were talking about i mean th- but there are no stakes yeah. right that's yeah, so that's yeah that's the point i was trying to get across and, and and that was that was the problem with solo because there were no real stakes in solo but you didn't know what was going to happen but i would also make the argument that in the clone wars in the clone wars tv show and in rebels mm. for the main characters you knew that anakin and obi-wan were going to be fine throughout the clone wars tv show and same thing through rebels, but because they had good writing and because they had, they, they could tell, you know, a six season now seven season arc, they could write a good story. And so it became compelling. Even if you knew that every time Anakin did something crazy, you knew that he was going to live and that Padme was going to live, uh, hmm. you know, and so on. Um, so as long as there's a compelling story to tell, 
I'm there for it. But like, mm -hmm. you know, like you were saying, I mean, you know, you know that 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 Obi-Wan and Vader and you know Luke and Leia are they're gonna live. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a story to tell. I've been interested to see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, but I but you're right. It, in that the sense that that there's no actual danger. Um, you know, Obi-Wan's not losing a hand. The, it's neat to see the Inquisitors. Yes. In live action. Uh, I'm enjoying seeing that uh, because we have uh, fifth brother, third sister, and isn't uh, who's the other one? There's another one uh, of the sisters in the Inquisitor because we lost the Grand Inquisitor. He's he's dead. No, he's not. Uh, he's or he got didn't he get killed? No, I swore he died. She <gasps> got he got stabbed, stabbed in the stomach. All right, fair enough. That's you're right. <laughs> Touche. Um, but but the yeah. you know but the, the thing is we were talking about the stakes um the grand inquisitor was introduced in the rebels show okay mm -hmm. so so revenge of the sith happens this plate this uh obi-wan takes place 10 years later mm -hmm. rebels takes place five years after obi-wan does it really yes because rebels takes place five years rebels starts five years before uh new hope rebel rebels ends right before yavin Okay, so in in that span in the the twenty years uh, between uh, Revenge of the Sith, Re yeah, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope, that's where all of this goes. Rogue One is like five minutes before New Hope. Andor just... is got Andor is going to take place somewhere in this same kind of timeline. Um, so so the Grand Inquisitor is not dead because he, he just has spoiled to the up. ending of the obi-wan series <laughs> well it's it's not a spoiler if you know the timeline right because because it five years later the grand Inqu and we've shown fennec shan she got shot in the gut and she's fine so that is true yeah that doesn't mean so, anything this is right. shot yeah, you can lose like... half of your body and still yes, be good in star wars darth maul gets cut in half at the at the, at the end of phantom menace and <laughs> he's, you know, he's walking around he's, he's fine we saw him at the end of solo so anakin lost damn near all of his body <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's both legs and one arm. I mean, he's you know he's he's. I mean, I'm there. pretty sure he lost some internal organs, inhaling like sulfuric fume acid. And well, right. Fume. Well, that's why he's in. The, that's why he's in the breather in the suit. Yeah. But, but yeah, but you know, the the Grand Inquisitor is still he's he's not dead. He's gonna come back, and he's uh, gonna sound more like Jason Isaacs than the Rupert friend does. Nice. So. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the first episode when Obi Wan is going to the the meat factory or slaughterhouse or whatever when he's coming and leaving if you look in the back drinking taking a swig is uh boba fett or the character uh, the guy who plays boba fett i don't know if he's actually supposed that. to be boba but it is the character uh the actor taking a swig of the like he's just like a background okay. easter egg character well he he shows up as the old clone trooper on uh uh, he does do that too Dayu. yes he does i forgot about that too yeah yeah um, tomorrow morrison's just patting his residuals checks at this point <laughs> i mean i can't hate on him for doing that like get your money that's awesome get paid yeah right <laughs> um i love how we got a new droid to fall in love with and you know disney's just gonna sell the heck out of what is it L lola yes was the name of the drone yeah uh -huh. i i loved it i was like ah i'm gonna get it i know it's coming uh i will add it to the collection <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love it too. So, uh, Lacey, what's your take on this? 
I I'm really enjoying it. I actually haven't seen the last episode yet, so I'm I'm slacking a little bit. But yeah, you're not missing much. Um, I'm Just, really really into it, and I, I agree. Don't want to lie to her. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for her. It's like, oh no, really? <laughs> um, I also don't think that it, you need to. Like, I don't care that I know which characters are gonna live through this. Like, I think it's more about like we're it's an origin story it's it's telling us like some of the it's really just a fan service to be honest i think a lot of this came from um all the new movies everyone was like well these aren't the characters we know and then we're getting all the characters we know so that's the exciting thing about it is getting to see the characters we know i i like i said i i love little leia i like there are some, some things i didn't like when the the whole chase scene where the guys like slowly get stuck behind the bo- the branch and everything, but it is what it is. Like there, there's things I can nitpick. I went ultra super nerdy on this. Started would pause it and read the are you beach like in the market and everything. Um, I get it's a movie and there or a show and they're just trying to like it's supposed to be background stuff, but like man, they were lazy with that. I don't know, if, Dave. Did you stop and read any of it? No, I didn't. No, it's. It says like Gungan Market and it says it in like two different spots. And then it says like another one is like Jawa Market. Like they just took random okay. species from like Star Wars and then they just put Market. The only one I thought was kind of funny is they had ER for emergency room. And that's where like uh, Third Sister standing up waiting to catch Obi-Wan. And I was like, ah, that's kind of funny. But it was just like, I was like, ooh, I wonder what kind of like clever messages they're leaving for us. Jawa oh. Market. It, cool. It's like every... It's like every one of your friends that went and got a kanji tattoo when they were in college to Japantown and it says soy sauce. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I get it. I totally did you get it like watch it once first to just enjoy it or did you just look for the Easter eggs the whole? I did. I, I did a single watch, but I was appreciating it, too, while I was doing it. I, I, I did. I did enjoy it. But like I would pause and be like, OK, here's the writing in are you beach i want to know what it says just to get that little more thrill out of mm-hmm. it because like, like i said there's no risks for any of the main characters so i know it's like okay let's see what else i can find out and you know our planets have been pretty limited to like where there's very little like writing for are you beach and stuff like that where you get to can sit there and like actually see it for like what it is and i was like all right let me kind of read this and it was just like I don't know, kind of like finding out like Santa Claus isn't real. It's like, oh, what are you talking about? You're right. St. Nicholas is real. Uh, but it's, it was just like, oh, they couldn't have been like eat at Moe's or something like that. That would have been even fu- like funny, but it was just like Gungan Market, Jawa Market. Like, well, and they I, had Gungan Market twice, one behind another, but it was backwards and in a different color to make you think it was a different sign. Like, no, I, I, I'm not. I don't care enough I, about no, that. No, again. But that. But it was just I because been, I spent the time, you know. Right. Well, but like, let I, I just watch it, and and then I watch some of those behind the scenes videos for yeah. the people who do the deep dives because I personally I don't care that much about <laughs> that level of detail. Um, what I have found interesting is that, and again, I can watch a story if there is a compelling story or the compelling character arc for the show if it if there's not that if there's not that compelling character or 
then there's really no reason for me just to tune in just to watch it, which is why I felt like the book of Boba Fett in some ways let us down because that there was a bait and switch there. And if they had called it Mandalorian season 2.5, I'd have been fine. But in this one, they're, they're calling it Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the arc is, at least at the beginning, Obi-Wan is in the same place that Luke is in the beginning of Last Jedi. He's given up. Instead of throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder, he's buried it in the desert. And he's working this menial job. He's staying hidden. He's not doing all of the things. Because, you know, one of the, one of the great things about the Clone Wars was you got to see that Obi-Wan Kenobi wasn't just a Jedi Knight. He was General Kenobi. He was he and Anakin were the heroes of the Republic. And then after Order 66, he just vanishes. And he and Yoda and Bail Organa, they they take the twins and they they scatter and they just they go to ground. And 10 for 10 years, Obi-Wan Kenobi has not, you know, the, the great inquisitor, he comes in and he has that speech. You know how to hunt a Jedi? Jedi hunt themselves because they can't help themselves. And Obi so how has Obi-Wan Kenobi gotten from the, the, the greatest, the second greatest war hero in the galaxy? How has he gotten to be a guy who butchers whatever this beast is in the deserts of Tatooine, steals a little bit every day to feed his, his you know, whatever the animal is, and just takes his credits to go live in a cave somewhere? You know, and, and then the so that's where he is. That's the same place that Luke Skywalker was at at Last Jedi. He has given up on the force. He stopped using it. I don't know if he's completely severed the for himself from the force, but he has stopped using the force. His lightsaber, when he goes and finally goes and digs it up, it's covered in dust. But then how does he get back to being you know General Kenobi when Leia sees him 10 years later or the hologram? When she summons him 10 years, calls out to him 10 years later, how does he get there? And, and I hope that's where the story is going to go. And the, because without, without that, without some kind of compelling character, you know, character drama, it's kind of like, why are you wasting my time if you're not going to have that? I like that. I liked that he couldn't use the force. I, I like that because he, how he had severed himself. It, it had a more emotional impact i think on him as, as a character like you got to see like he really did love anakin as a brother like yes. the, that affected him so much that he said you know what i'm done and he holds that guilt knowing that he raised and he trained anakin he knew he kept having the nightmares about him and the trauma there was was it is great character development um i very much enjoyed it well, like it, it is, it, it's good. And, but we're, I think what I want to see, I want to see more of that. I want to see him get back to being, because he's kind of hiding behind when, when, okay. So in the first episode, Leia gets kidnapped by Flea. Mm. And um, so who Bale, played Flea? What? Oh my, oh my God. Flea played Flea. Never mind. I'm sorry. Just discard me. Right. Sorry. Just keep going. Thought you were a '90s kid. You should have recognized. I am. I, I was like in my head. I was. In, I was thinking, who was that? And then you said Flea, and I'm like, oh yeah, who played? Yeah. Flea? That's who it was. Right. So, 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 uh, Bail Organa and his wife reach out to, to Obi Wan Kenobi, 
Leia's been kidnapped. And he's, you can see even then he's, he's hiding behind that his excuse is I have to watch over the boy. And that's, that's where he is in his life that he's, he's, he's making excuses for inaction mm-hmm. because the, the other, the Jedi that he comes to him and says, what happened to you? You were, you were a great Jedi. And, you know, that's when he says, you know, that the, the time of the Jedi is over, the, the war's over, we lost. And, and so that's the arc of, of coming back for him because he has to get there. Um, because when we see him at the beginning of new hope, he's still, he's carrying his lightsaber. He is, he has no, he is scaring off Tusken Raiders. Uh, he's kind of become that, that scary old guy who lives out in the woods uh, for all the locals, but he still managed to, to hide from, from the, the Sith. Um, and we know that all the Inquisitors are dead, basically at the end of Rebels, they all die um, because there, there are no other, there are no other uh, uh, Sith well that we know of in the original trilogy, there are no other uh, dark side force users. Um, you know, so that that's the, for Obi-Wan, that's the interesting arc. The other interesting arc that I, I'm kind of interested in is uh, Reva. And what are they doing with her? Because it, the first character that we see at the beginning of episode, at the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi is, you know, it, it pans in and it shows the group of younglings training in the Jedi Temple. The first one you see is the, the tall black girl. And th- that's got to be Reva. Yeah. Right? That's... I didn't that's put that together, though. <laughs> right. But, but she's the first one. She's the first one you see. And then they're in the middle. They're doing the, the, the Tai Chi, the forced Tai Chi. And then the clones, the clones come in and the, the Jedi Master, she, she runs off and eventually dies. So, um, so the question is, we don't see Reva in Rebels, right? The Grand Inquisitor, we see again. Fifth Brother, we see again. So we know that they survive at least for another five years. What happens to Reva? Because she, she's not in Rebels. So is her arc at the end of this, is she, does she end up dead? If so, who kills her? Does the Grand Inquisitor come back and kill her? Does Vader kill her? Does Obi-Wan kill her? Or does she have a redemption arc? Why, why, is she, why does she hate Obi-Wan Kenobi? Because that's, that's in the first two episodes that she is obsessed with finding Obi-Wan Kenobi. And is she doing it? You know, and they say that, you know, do, do you know why the Grand Inquisitor says, do you know why we hate you? Because you're the least of us. You know, we can't get you the stench of the gutter away from you. Um, you know, is she trying to prove herself to the other Inquisitors? Is she trying to curry favor with Vader? Does she just want to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi for some reason? And we don't know that. But because they've they've established oh, this this gets into third episode spoilers, so I don't want to go That's too okay. far into that. But but they've established that there are Jedi who have survived Order 66. Yep. Okay. And they've established a way for them to to get off world or get into you know there's an underground railroad for jedi so does reva have a redemption arc is she gonna go off in is she gonna come back to the light side if she started off if if that is her as a padawan is she gonna come back from from the from the dark side because the inquisitors are 
the Inquisitors never received the level of dark side training that Sith Lords do. That was kind of the point, because Sidious uh, still follows the rule of two. There's a master and apprentice all the time. And Darth Plagueis and Sidious then kills him, and then he takes Darth Maul as his apprentice, and then Maul dies, and he takes Count Dooku as Darth Tyrannus as his apprentice, and then Tyrannus dies, and then Vader is now the apprentice. So there are only two Sith Lords, but they most of the Inquisitors are former Jedi who saw the writing on the wall or who were groomed and recruited by Palpatine. So when Order 66 went down, they were in place, but they were not, they are not, Inquisitors are trained in the dark side, but they're not as trained as Vader is. That, you know, that Sidious didn't give them all of the dark side secrets because, you know, that was the point of the rule of two is that, is that if you just have all of these Sith running around, they're eventually going to turn on one another. So, so what's her, what's her story? Where is she going to go? Um, you know, I, I think it's 50, 50 as to whether she dies or whether she has a redemption arc. Mm. Um, I kind of would like to see it go both ways. I think you she's going to do both. I think she's going to redeem herself and she's going to end up dying at the, now that uh, it, it is fully aware that the grand inquisitor is coming back, you know, it's, I see her dying at his hands, but it's going to be like a redemption thing. She'll, she'll turn blue at the end. Right. Well, right. Well, and, and then the other, the other thing also, you know, Obi-Wan keeps calling out to, to quiet master Qui-Gon, you know, because at the end of revenge of the Sith, Yoda tells Obi-Wan, he says, I, I have some training for you. I'm going to teach you how to meditate and how to contact your, your old master, uh, who apparently Master Qui-Gon taught Yoda whatever this technique is to, to contact the, the previous Force users, because Obi-Wan then has to have it, because when Obi-Wan dies in Episode 4, spoiler alert, you know, he, come, <laughs> he comes back in Empire and he comes back in Jedi uh, to appear to, to Luke. And then in the old expanded universe, um, he appears in heir to the empire. And then after that, then he's gone, then he, then he's gone. His, his time is up. Um, so I kind of see where, where some of their arcs are going, but I, I'm also trying to stay kind of spoiler free because I, I, I don't want to be spoiled. I kind of want to watch every episode and be amazed, but I also just, every time I, I watched a movie the first time, just to see it just to enjoy it and not think too much. And then the second time I go back and I watch it and I look for the details and then I look to see, Oh, how'd they make that costume? Oh, I could do that one. If I had a thousand dollar for armor, you know, for an armor kit, but anyway, <laughs> so anyway, I've rambled on long enough. Uh, <laughs> Lacey, I don't know if you have any other insights through the first two episodes. Poor Lacey. That <laughs> yeah. I haven't run my yap on. That's like a lot to think about that. I was, I mean, I watched it, like I mentioned to you guys earlier that I had spent the weekend away, so I didn't have a chance to watch it until like I got back. So I'm, I'm still digesting some of it and, and, uh, it's sinking in for sure, but I'm, I am excited to see how, um, like what that arc looks like, if that's going to be a redemption arc or if that's going to be um, the end and I'm actually hoping it's like there's only just a glimmer of redemption I'm hoping that it's not a full redemption that's I don't know why I feel that way but <laughs> I'm hoping it's not like a full redemption it just feels weird but 
maybe it's something else will reveal in the third episode that will let me ask well, you this oh go ahead well i was going to say that the, the nice thing about her character in in introducing her is she does evil stuff right when they, the, they land on tatooine and the, you know she cuts off some woman's hand just cause, just because she can't yeah. you know <laughs> and, and that was that was one of my complaints about darth maul as a character it, at least in phantom menace on screen in phantom menace darth maul never does anything evil he just stands around and looks constipated all the time <laughs> you instinctively know he's bad because he has the tattoos and the red lightsaber but other than that he never really does anything that's just flat out evil um but she does you know vader does right when you meet vader at the beginning of episode four vader does evil stuff you know he chokes the guy just because he's having a bad day and then he you know he, he covers up the fact that he's ambushed princess leia and kidnapped her and, and all this other stuff you know so so in that sense i i do appreciate that they're establishing her as a not nice person hmm. um and so then then again you have a couple ways you can go with that either she's she's going to be the primary antagonist that obi-wan or somebody else is going to kill through through the course of this or she has some redemption story uh coming back um and the other the other other story arc that we have is is leia and leia is learning you know even though she's nine years old at this point she's learning about the politics of of the galaxy uh and she is that firecracker um oh, you know she is and and i think that that uh carrie fisher if carrie fisher was still alive she would just be in love with this girl oh yeah she would be raving about it and then anybody who craps on this girl because there have been a lot of people on social media who are doing that she would eviscerate them carrie fisher would come riding in with a sword and an axe and she would just be taking people out left and right because this girl is fantastic and she is doing a great job as a precocious nine-year-old you know, <laughs> I like that they're letting her be a kid too. Yeah, like they're not forcing a older, like mature Leia into right. this role. It's like, right. you look old. Yeah, it's, it's just like it's it, with it's with an eleven-year-old and toddlers right now. Man, that is right up their alleys. And I'm just like, oh, did it hit home for you? Oh, just a little bit. It, it really did. It was like, all right, you're grounded. It <laughs> I don't know if it's the second episode or the third episode, but he says something like, you're my daughter. And she's like, your granddaughter, maybe. Oh, that was yes. in the second episode. Oh, that was so yes. funny. <laughs> she just lit you on fire like you burned Anakin. <laughs> oh my God, that was awesome. Yeah, she's a she's a firecracker. And in the third episode, she was great. He's like, uh, sorry, Lacey. Uh, but he was, when they went up to she's like, he's like, oh, we need a, we got tricked. And she's like, Oh, let's just go ask that stranger over there. You're like, no, let's don't talk to strangers. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Me and my dad need to get on here. <laughs> don't bind him. He's shy. And it's like, what the? Like, it's it's straight up like kid stuff. Um, and in the third episode, I gotta say this. Oh my god, we got James Earl Jones voice. Like, it was lovely hearing Darth Vader again. It's like, oh, 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 oh. uh, it's it's always a great well, moment. Um, I, although what I will tell you is I don't what I've heard is that they synthesized that. No, no. I heard that too. Because because he did the voice for Vader it and Revenge of the Sith and for Rogue One. And he's because James Earl Jones is 90 years old. I know he but he's 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 on the IMDB thing too. He's credited. Yeah. What I'm told is that. They synthesized it based out of, uh, of uh, uh, the audio equivalent of deep fake 
and that, that that and they did the same thing for Iceman in Top Gun Maverick that they had uh, they had his son that uh, Val Kilmer's son did the voice now in in Top Gun Maverick it's also a little different because there's Iceman and Top Gun Maverick has an illness and yeah. they say they make it a point that his it's hard for him to speak da, 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 da. they allude to it being some kind of cancer um so when he's when Iceman is talking, it's not really Val Kilmer speaking because he can only speak to a voice box because of the tracheostomy. Yeah. But I've I've read that uh, that they did the same thing with James Earl Jones, that it's his voice, but the actual lines are being generated through a computer to sound like Darth Vader and not like a 91-year-old James Earl Jones. Oh, that's that's heartbreaking. It's, oh, it's what it is. I mean, and that's yeah. that's how yeah that's how movie making is going to be from here on out uh with a lot of these characters um you know i i know that a lot of people have the uncanny valley problem with uh complete cgi people like tark and and leia in rogue one a lot of people didn't like that um but that's how they're going to bring in these characters for it makes it i mean everybody's getting old all all like let's be honest here what when was the first Star Wars came out? 1973? 77. 77. I don't know why I said three. So 1977. That's a long time ago. Yes. <clears throat> right. So, uh, yeah. So it's, it's these, and these people weren't young 10, 15 year olds when they were doing this. They were, you know, at mid 20s at the latest or earliest. I think Carrie Fisher was 19. Was she nineteen? Mark, I think Mark Hamill was in his early twenties, and I think Harrison Ford was in his late twenties. I, I, mean, I thought they were all, all their, like twenty three, twenty five range, but all right. But but they're I mean they're still, all in their seventies now. Still, yeah, and, yeah. And James and James Earl Jones is I I want to say he's ninety. I'll, I'll have to look that up. Um, but um, but I also yes, wanted to admit, yeah, go ahead. But, but they 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 did it. It, uh, without spoiling too much for episode three but, but ep, ep, they've done a good job They're, they made some creative choices in episode three that i would not have made but i think it's gonna pan out you know i'm always mm. hesitant to to, to take her to to be too judgmental two episodes in or two or three episodes into a six episode show right yeah and that's been some of the, the criticism and i i steve i hope we'll talk about this later but you know some of the the, the criticism of of uh moses ingram who plays reva oh absolutely is uh, is just flat out coded racism and coded misogyny um because oh i i I don't hate her i hate her character really you're you're two episodes into this and you're already coming up with this bs i mean just there's this is what it is it's it's an yes i want to do an episode when we wrap this uh when obi-wan wraps up and we'll get lee manika on the show because i know he'll love to give his opinion yes but like this it, yes, there's a ton of races out there, and they said it perfectly. You know, there is a ton of different races and species in the Star Wars fandom. You know, don't be hating on one specific person just because they're but, black. Well, but that, that's unfortunately that's the thing. Um, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. Air quotes. Air quote. And there have always been this vocal minority. I mean, they I did mean, it to Jake Lloyd. They yep. did it to Ahmed Best. They did it to Hayden Christensen. They did it to Kelly Marie Tran. They did it to Daisy Ridley. Heck, yep. they even got George Lucas to sell Star Wars to Disney because people, some people hated the prequel trilogy so much. He was like, oh, Star Wars isn't fun anymore. 
So he took Disney's $4 billion and now he's, you know, riding off into the sunset, but yeah. that's, that's what that group of knuckleheads do. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of people, there's a lot of culture in this. Like I was besides Moses, uh, because I, I was going to mention her as like, uh, they got another character from game of Thrones, uh, because, uh, the, mm-hmm. the girl who played, uh, what's her name? Right. Uh, Indria Varma. Indria yes. Varma. Something she played, like, yes. basically she was in game of Thrones with Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, snap, they got her into it. Uh, right. You got Sung Kang, who plays uh, the fifth brother. And then a um, guy from e- the Eternals, uh, Kum- Kumail. Kumail, Kumail uh, Nanjiani? Was- yes. yes. Oh, he was fabulous. He was awesome. Yeah. So it, you're getting a nice, like, melting pot of different cultures, different races, like, and just doing the best things that they do. And they're just doing beautiful work. And it's heartbreaking to see that there's still that toxicity and and i i i don't want to accept that this is always going to be an inevitability but because we are a culture based on being the outcast being the 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 person who is just ostracized and for us to empower that negative mentality is both disappointing and heartbreaking to me as a is a nerd enthusiast uh, we're better than that we're supposed to be one of the most open most welcoming cultures out there we have a fandom we're passionate about it and if there are people that are passionate regardless of race religion gender or sexual preference lgbtq plus all of it i don't care enjoy this that's what we're here for that's why we do this podcast this is why we do these things and I'm absolutely more than willing to sit down and just dedicate an episode to talking about how amazing these people are and how this is, there's so many things that need to be adjusted for it, especially getting like you and Lee Winnie's opinions, David, I think that would be absolutely impactful. And you Lacey as well. Um, where, well, you know, Star Wars, Star Wars, the, the world is becoming more Brown and more queer. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's just the way it goes. And there will always be a faction of people who are going to fight it. Um, but but if you look at the if you look at the the lead the lead actors in a lot of the 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 sequel trilogy, you know, you had Daisy Ridley as the main character and John Boyega um, in the in in that. You know, then you had Kelly Marie Tran, who unfortunately got sidelined due to crappy writing in the in uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. But then Pedro Pascal, uh, a Latin actor, is the lead in The Mandalorian. Um, so you Hello. have you have Deborah Chow, who's directing all of the episodes of the Obi Wan Kenobi series. And though even though Ewan McGregor is Scottish, you know they're, they're still of David. Of we kind of lost you there for a sec. Um, Am I still there? Yeah, you're here. Okay. So, you know, it, that's that's the way it's going. And then, you know, you see it also in, I don't know if you're watching Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, I have not. Okay. Well, one of the things that that no one noticed, this <laughs> no one noticed until somebody pointed it out, that of the bridge crew of the new Enterprise, there's Pike, there's Spock, and the rest of the bridge crew are all women. Huh. And Neato. no one cares. <laughs> no one cares except for the incels who point that out. Because otherwise, <laughs> it's just great characters. You have I... Rebecca Romaine as number one. You have uh, uh, the, the 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 helmsman and the security officer. I mean, oh, oh, Cadet Uhura. 
the rest of the bridge crew is all women except for Pike and, and Spock. And it just cool. it it's it's it makes sense. It there it doesn't have any impact on the story other than it's just characters doing their job. It's yeah. it's people and, who, and, who are who are competent at what they do. And I to me as a a fan, it doesn't matter any of those stuff as long as it's you're bringing good content that is what i'm in entertaining content i'm all about that life now for somebody you know i don't know lacy how does that make you feel knowing that the, the whole crew of the star trek is damn near all women i mean i like it it actually makes it today i was just telling my gaming group that i just noticed today after playing with them for like you know years that we have more women than than men in our gaming group that we do regularly and so, um, like, I didn't notice that until today. It's actually yeah. funny that I brought that up to them today and we're having this conversation. But well, I feel like it would be more impactful and more empowerment for you. Like, I, you're going to well, get more yeah. from this than me. And I like, I'm not on the negative side, but like, it's just like, this means more, I'm assuming. Yeah, one of the things that is weird to be a woman in like a male dominated hobby is that you're a part of it, but you're also an outcast in it. Like there's a lot of, like, I've had a lot of uh, guys drop things like, well, you know, wives don't let guys like let their husbands be a part of things. And they're just like subtly, like just throwing that out there. And like, you know, not you, of course, but, and it's like, maybe they don't feel comfortable because you're like, you know, pushing them all away and giving them the already the stereotype of they're not letting their husbands play the games or whatever and and so it always feels like this push and pull of being like a part of it and not a part of it and so seeing it mainstream especially if people aren't going to like be jerks about the women actors <laughs> or like harass them or you know release photoshopped naked photos of them or whatever you know but that's all, all like, I think it is getting better, but it's still that it still feels like a push and pull sometimes. So yeah, it's more impactful, but. And that's awesome. I'm And I'm happy. I truly, truly am. And I'm happy for your group. Um, I will also say this um, because of stranger things, I am borderline. I'm working on it right now, getting a couple's D and D game going. I think it's going to be a one shot because my neighbor and his wife are interested and just getting a couple other like people who are never really played, but like kind of want to play. Um, and you know, obviously half of them are going to be women. So that's, that's fun for me, especially if I can actually convince my wife to be like, Oh, this is actually kind of entertaining because then I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it's, I, I, I will say this about Star Trek. Star Trek has always been, I feel like, one of those nerd cultures that has always been super progressive. Like, yes. even from the beginning. Yes. Like, so you can't say they're like, oh, Star Trek, Star Trek is woke now. No, they've always <laughs> been, like, stupid progressive, and I love it. Because they had the very first uh, interracial kiss, I think, on television. Yes. Well, the leftist themes of star trek are not hidden in the subtext because there is no subtext yes and it 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 confounds me that people who people the magas or ted people like ted cruz like star trek i don't understand how ted cruz can like star trek 
because there is nothing about Star Trek that Ted Cruz seems would seem to appeal to somebody like Ted Cruz. They don't use money. There's no poverty. There's universal health care, right? Um, Star Trek Discovery is the queerest show on TV right now. And he was losing his shit over um, Stacey Abrams being the president of the Federation or something on Star Trek Discovery. As if, <laughs> as if the, Vul you know, the Vulcan's infinite diversity and infinite combinations. What the heck is that about? If, the, if, that, is, if that is not the banner for, for all of the leftist themes, that, that, things that we consider leftist, you know, or then you see, oh, but they didn't beat us over the head with it back then. Yes, they did. And so did the x <laughs> Yeah, they did. So did the X-Men. So did Marvel. Marvel Comics and DC are all about that. You know, uh, again, right-wing people who don't like, don't like Superman or, or right-wing people who love Superman. You know, Superman was written by Jews. Superman okay. used to beat up Hitler. And so how, how, can, how can you say that they didn't beat us over the head with all of this stuff back then? And they you know, physically beat him over the head. What Wonder Woman is one of the queerest characters, has been for decades, one of the queerest characters out there. You know, before, before it was coded because they, you know, under the old comics authority, they couldn't just come out and say it. But it's all of that has never been hidden in the subtext. And, they, you know, people want to complain about Star Wars and Star Trek and uh, comics being woke or whatever the whatever the phrase is now, as if Star Wars hasn't ever been about one side is Nazis. They are Nazis in space. And the other side are the good guys. Like that, that is not subtle. There, there, there is a light side and a dark side in Star Wars. Right. <laughs> there, there's none of that. <laughs> You know, no gray area. There's no gray area. The, the the Sith are the bad guys, and their people are the space Nazis. And then there are the good guys, and it is not subtle. But people, for whatever reason, they choose not to see it, or they choose to be just entertained or whatever. But but if, if you can, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just ran yeah. ranting. <laughs> I think that's what it's about. Is they're just choosing not to see it. They're in choosing to. They're choosing to be entertained and and ignoring anything else about it we need to get that uh uh which of the the brothers for uh what was it oh my gosh the movie with uh chris tucker and ll cool j uh don't be a menace and they had one of the wilson brothers like or not wilson brothers uh marlin brothers in it and like he was just coming around and he'd be like message <laughs> like when there was a key message and everything have you never seen don't be a menace no, this is like oh my god, it's such a funny movie. Uh, no, but, add it to your list, <laughs> so okay. great. But it's you know, just but, like it, it, they, they, they're like, hey, here's the the message, like the key message. We just like, hey, look at it. Right, like I said, the, the the themes of of science fiction and the themes of of the comics and fantasy, they're not typically subtle. And yeah. I, like I said, I, I don't understand how people think that they, that Star Trek suddenly became woke. No, <laughs> it, it, it's always been woke. You know, mm -hmm. in Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, when it came out in the late '80s, it had it had men running around, and, and they called it the scants, right? It was that long skirt because it wasn't just women wearing miniskirts like in the original Star Trek. It was a uniform that basically was a was a one piece miniskirt, and they had men walking around in the background wearing these things. <laughs> Uh, in the late 80s. I mean, it was fantastic. 
Uh, awesome. And like I said, and, and Discovery is the queerest, the queerest version of Trek there has ever been. That's you awesome. know, half of the half of the crew, it seems like, is just flagrantly, flagrantly queer in some way. Uh, Garrick on on Deep Space Nine, Garrick was was implicitly gay, even though they never wrote any any gay story arcs for him. But Andrew Rob Andrew Robinson played him as if he were gay, and they wrote him as if he were. Uh, even though they they he never had any you know romantic interest That's like outside of Julian really outside good. of Bashir but you know that was kind of you know but Bashir already had a boyfriend in O'Brien so whatever I gotta watch Star Trek I've honestly only watched a handful of episodes of Star Trek I'm not even kidding like I've seen more of the movies and I'm talking okay. like the newer ones than I have actually like seen anything else I've seen like maybe I saw the Treebles one and I have a Treeble, but well, that's. I just feel like Star Trek's really intimidating to get into if you're not already into it because there's just a lot out there. I'm, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm down. Have you, you have not gotten into Warhammer 40K lore at all? Then <laughs> there's so much crap. I used to be really into 40K. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, my son just got back into it. Like me and him are into it. Uh, so he's playing an army. I'm rebuilding mine. And, uh, yeah, so it's been got sent a bunch of stuff. So it's been kind of cool building my actually my bugs. So I'll, like yeah, that's I'll, awesome. I'll start, smoking, I'll start smoking crack before I play for Oh, okay. Yeah, probably, that's cheaper. It'll probably be less yeah, expensive yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, I think this is an impeccable spot to wrap up this episode. I think we're leaving on a feel-good message. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, so besides me we, yelling, at, me yelling just, at the magas hey yeah. man you know it's I, i'll take it i'll take it uh so let's go ahead and wrap this up as always please like and subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to podcasts and if you are listening to us on apple or spotify please remember to rate and review we're also on instagram and facebook so please like and follow us at dna pod or on twitter at nerd dna pod or on our web our web page i cannot say web page for nothing this is like the third or fourth episode i've done this uh nerddnapod.com um and if you are in the lovely uh town of southington connecticut on june 11th i will be out there uh come hang out with me take some pictures uh we're going to be doing the 90s con and it's going to be a blast i'm your host steve pew and i've been joined by the amazing the impeccable the adorable the uh always woke david perry and the just astoundingly sweet and subtle miss Lacey. thank you so much for both of you being on the show tonight uh it has been a blast thank you and good night